Hi, I'm Peter Sarsfield. And I'm Varun Rao. And this is the Win Podcast. On this episode, we will be talking about American politics with Alfred Putnam, who's Rick Santorum's former campaign manager. This is part two of our interview. Throughout the 2020 election, Biden was uh, claimed by the media to be like the more moderate and centrist candidate. But now, um, after like 100 days ish passing of his uh, of his administration, do you believe that like Biden is not as moderate as he claims he is? And he's giving the more extreme ends of the party more attention than the, the people actually believe they deserve? Um, I, I agree with the second, I mean, second proposition. I think he is, or rather, I think his administration is leaning to the left, is doing everything they can to avoid antagonizing the left um, of their party. Um, and I, um, I think that they're making a great mistake in doing that. I, I think they should be fighting, fighting me for, um, for voters that I can get. Um, I can't get their voters and running around telling people you want to add justices to the Supreme Court. Um, please. I mean, just bring the bill, run it in an ad. I mean, that, that's what I want them to do. But let me return to your question, which is, how is Biden doing this? I can give you quotes of Biden saying all sorts of things over years. And he's not that left or didn't say he was that left wing. And so did the spirit of the Lord come into him and he decided he was going to become left wing in some uh, moment? I, I don't think so. And I will say what, of course, is an impolite thing to say, but you all know that we think it, which is uh, we don't think there's a lot there. Um, and so whether you think he's a nice man or not a nice man, I don't think he's making all the decisions. It, or, as a matter of fact, I don't think he's making any of the decisions. I think he's got it's run, it's a hunter, it's a bunch of people and they won the election and it's a them. And by the way, I don't know how it's totally evil. I mean, you know, Ronald Reagan uh, to, in the second term was not always um, at home. Uh, so, um, so I don't know that I blame it all on Biden. I, if blame is what you meant or credited all the Biden, depending on your point of view, but clearly the hunter, the people around him have made a decision that they don't want to offend the left and maybe that they actually want to go left um, because it's a good thing for the country. I give them credit, uh, you know, good faith, belief in the country. I have a bet with my sister and I've had it um, since uh, right before the election that Biden would be gone in six months. Um, and that is that is July 21st. I, I, I don't expect him to complete his term. I, I think that Kamala Harris will be president of the United States. And by the way, I think that was a mistake. If I were a partisan Democrat, I'd be sitting there saying, you know, why did Nixon choose Agnew? What was that about? But in, I mean, I don't think Kamala Harris is the asset that they could have had. Um, and, and by the way, I used to fear her uh, before the primaries came out. I never thought Biden would be nominated. I thought they'd come up with like a real live 47-year-old um, candidate who would blow us away. Um, but they didn't. I don't think the American people are sold on the on the whole woke life. They might be sold on the give me money life. I mean, I'm not, I understand how that could sell, and I'm not necessarily arguing that, but I, you know, 
all, all that stuff, whatever Disney's up to, whatever, you know, I think that's great for us as a political matter. Bad for the country, but, you know. Um, as different as Biden's administration and Trump are uh, comparing each other, do you think uh, the Biden administration is following in similar footsteps as Trump in regards to their dealings with China? You know, I, I, I don't really know. I, I don't know enough. My instinct, my reaction is, well, that can't be true because... The Chinese basically, I mean, the Chinese have pumped a lot of money into the Biden family. Um, and we can all say, oh, no, I'm making it up. But I'm really not making it up. I mean, <laughs> they've got millions of dollars. And I would think that they had. And Biden's history has always been, uh, well, uh, I'm China's not really a threat. It's a, it's a great thing saying, you think he's competition for us? I wouldn't worry about China. You know, it's Russia's the bad place. And, um, and I think he's always been quite soft on China. On the other hand, I, his administration, in fairness to them, hasn't really been behaving that way of late. Um, and I also want to say, as to the Trump administration, what was Trump's policy towards China? Um, the Republican Party is kind of anti-communist, okay, and we've never been pro. But let's be honest, Trump, you know, he'd sit down in Mar-a-Lago and he'd you know, if you if you flatter him, you know, then he's your friend. I mean, right. He gets along with the North Koreans. No one gets along with the North Koreans. That's you know, it's just strange. So um, so uh, in a way, I'm not sure that either administration has a coherent <laughs> or had or has a coherent policy with respect to China. I do think China was certainly more scared of Trump. Um, as everybody else was, too, because they thought, oh, my God, who knows what they and the Chinese behavior towards their own people um, ought to be something. There was a time the Democrats disapproved of that kind of thing, genocide and all that. They were kind of negative on that when I was younger. Um, so I don't, I don't get it. Um, I don't think that, I don't think there is a coherent policy on the Democratic side. And I regret to say I'm not sure what it is on the Republican side, except we hate the NDA. I mean, clearly there's been a change of policy on immigration and the border. Um, and I don't, I really don't understand what the Democrats policy is. I said to my sister, you're just gonna let every 11 year old child who shows up at the border in and you tell everybody you're going to do that. Why don't you send planes to Honduras? And, and fly them up because it's actually extremely dangerous for 11 year old kids to walk that many miles to get to the border and a significant number of them come to bad, bad ends. And if your point is that we're going to let them in, why don't you send a boat? I mean, that would be more, that would be more humane. I don't, I would do that before I would do this, but mm -hmm. um, don't know what to say about that. And that of course is a great issue for us, but if you're looking for issues. I guess I have a question related to um, the issues in America as a whole, more specifically. Um, a big topic nowadays, especially after the passing of the 2020 election, is uh, political polarization in our nation. So yeah. a lot of people, especially the media, are saying that Americans are being more and more polarized. So the ends are getting more power, I guess, compared to the moderates. Do you think this is actually how America is right now? 
I mean, I think they're doing it for views and ratings. And, and as I told you about Fox, maybe I was being a little bit cute, but Fo Fox wants to get ratings. And so if they can tell you about the three um, Amherst uh, girls who got expelled because they weren't wearing masks at a party, um, that, that story is not a particularly interesting story. I saw it this morning. That's <laughs> not a particularly interesting story, um, but it does uh, uh, inflame opinion on our side of life because it's um, academics punishing people because they don't um, live the academic lifestyle or something. I don't know, but it's that's so. Yes, I think the media is a villain, but in terms of is it true? I mean, is it happening? Oh, yes, it's happening. Um, I have many friends uh, who where we just don't talk politics, or maybe I talk politics with them, but if my wife and I are out to dinner, we just don't do it because um, it becomes uncomfortable for them and or for her. It's never particularly uncomfortable for me, which just shows how insensitive I am, but it's a, um, it's a real problem for people. And I think people start to avoid people who don't agree with them. And then you start to see if you actually do talk to people that they believe a whole bunch of things that just are obviously and demonstrably untrue. Um, but they're told them often enough. And then nobody says, um, you know, are, are in fact more um, black teenagers shot by the police than white teenagers in any given year. No, not true. Always more white teenagers than black teenagers. Well, you know, you can say, but proportionately, yeah, well, that's because of where the police are. So should we spread the policing out proportionately and make sure that there's no more policing in black areas than white areas to make that decision? But we never have those conversations because they're very uncomfortable for people. So we don't. And when people tell you, you know, we really need to have a conversation, they usually don't mean it. What they really mean is I, I now need to lecture you on, on your privilege or whatever else they need, which people don't like. Don't like it. Um, so anyway, I think the polarization is a problem. If it leads us to civil war, though, I just want both of you to know that we won the last one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Democrats lost that. Yeah. One. I keep telling my Democrat friends, we're, we're good at that one. Actually, we're not good. <laughs> but, sort of as a closing question, in general, what, should, what do you think the role of government should be in people's lives? Well, now you're, you're, you're pitching to the old Alfie Putnam from another time, which <laughs> maybe, maybe no one believes, but I, I believe it should be as little as you can make it. I think that human liberty and choice and freedom is, is what you ought to be doing, what we ought to be doing. Um, and I recognize that sometimes you uh, interventions in, in people's lives are good things, um, but uh, I'm, I, I think we're sort of overboard on some of this. I don't think it's for government to decide whether or not I should be going to the office. I, I do think it may be for the leadership of Fagin, Drinker, and Biddle and Reith, which I secretly call Drinker, Biddle and Reith, to decide whether I should be going to the office. But I can't imagine why it's up to the government. Well, I can't imagine. I withdraw that. I understand their argument for why they should be able to control whether I get on the train. Um, but I don't think it's a very good argument. And I also think that the states, you know, I would say this, right? 
that the states where they've been more solicitous to people making their own judgments and freedom and opening the barbershop have done better um, than the states that are under lockdowns. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today about your perspective on politics today and your previous work on political campaigns. Happy to happy to do it. And uh, uh, maybe I'll go get some coffee as soon as possible. You never know. Mm -hmm. hope, hope you guys do well. Thank you. Thank you.